0: This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Balak. Numbers 22, 21-40 So the next morning Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry that Balaam was going, So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and his two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite town on the Arnon river at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kiriath-Huzoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. First Chronicles 11, 1 Chronicles 11.1-12.18 Then all Israel gathered before David at Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even when Saul was king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord your God told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be the leader of my people Israel. So there at Hebron David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel. And they anointed him king of Israel, just as the Lord had promised through Samuel. Then David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, or Jebus, as it used to be called, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, were living. The people of Jebus taunted David, saying, You'll never get in here. But David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. David had said to his troops, Whoever is first to attack the Jebusites will become the commander of my armies. And Joab, the son of David's sister, Zariah, was first to attack, so he became the commander of David's armies. David made the fortress his home, and that is why it is called the City of David. He extended the city from the supporting terraces to the surrounding area, while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. And David became more and more powerful, because the Lord of Heaven's armies was with him. These are the leaders of David's mighty warriors. Together with all Israel, they decided to make David their king, just as the Lord had promised concerning Israel. Here is the record of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashobim, the Hakmonite, who was the leader of the three, the mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah. He was with David when the Philistines gathered for battle at Pas-Damim and attacked the Israelites in a field full of barley. The Israelite army fled, but Eleazar and David held their ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord saved them by giving them a great victory. Once, when David was at the rock near the cave of Abdullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three, who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But David refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. God forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Abishai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the Thirty. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the Three. Abishai was the most famous of the Thirty, and was their commander though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once armed only with a club he killed an Egyptian warrior who was seven and a half feet tall and who was armed with a spear as thick as a weaver's beam. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. David's mighty warriors also included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo, from Bethlehem, Shammah, from Harad, Helez from Pelon; Ira, son of Ikesh, from Tekoa, Abiezer, from Anathoth, Sibachai, from Husha, Zalman, from Ahoa, Maharai, from Netophah, Helad, son of Bena, from Netophah, Ithai, son of Ribai, from Gibeah in the land of Benjamin. Aniah from Pirithon Hurai from near Nahaligash, Abi-Alban from Ereba Asmaveth from Bahurim Eliaba from Shalban The sons of Jason from Gizon, Jonathan son of Shaggy from Harar Ahayim son of Sharar from Harar Elifal son of Ur Hefer from Mechara Ahijah from Pelon Hezra from Carmel Parai, son of Ezbi, Joel, the brother of Nathan, Mibhar, son of Hagri, Zelek from Ammon, Nahari, from Berah, the armor-bearer of Joab, son of Zariah, Ira, from Jatter, Gera, from Jatter, Uriah, the Hittite, Zabad, son of Ali, Adina, son of Sheza, the Reubenite leader, who had thirty men with him, Hanan, son of Mekah, Josaphat, from Mithnah, Uzziah from Ashtoreth, Shammah and Jeel the sons of Hotham from Aror, Jediel son of Shimri, Johah his brother from Tiz, Eliel from Mahava, Jerabiah and Josviah the sons of Elnaim, Ithmah from Moab, Eliel and Obed, Jasiel from Zobah. The following men joined David at Ziglag when he was hiding from Saul son of Kish. They were among the warriors who fought beside David in battle. All of them were expert archers, and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left hand as well as their right. They were all relatives of Saul from the tribe of Benjamin. Their leader was Ahiazer, son of Shema from Gibeah. His brother, Joash, was the second in command. These were the other warriors, Jezeel and Pelet, sons of Asmabeth. Baraka, Jehu from Anathoth, Ishmaiah from Gibeon, a famous warrior and leader among the thirty, Jeremiah, Jahaziel, Johanan, and Jozabad from Gedera, Elozai, Jeremoth, Belial, Shemariah, and Shephatiah from Haruf, Elkanah, Aishaiah, Azarel, Joezer, and Jashobim, who were Korahites, Jola and Zebediah, sons of Jerahom, from Gedor, some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. They were expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. Ezer was their leader. Obadiah was second. Eliab was third. Mishmana was fourth. Jeremiah was fifth. Attai was sixth, Eliel was seventh, Johanan was eighth, Elzebad was ninth, Jeremiah was tenth, Macbanai was eleventh. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take on a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. These were the men who crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year and drove out all the people living in the lowlands on both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you. For your God is the one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Acts 28, 1-31 Once we, Luke, Paul, and their companions, were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. THE PEOPLE OF THE ISLAND SAW IT HANGING FROM HIS HAND AND SAID TO EACH OTHER, A MURDERER, NO DOUBT. THOUGH HE ESCAPED THE SEA, JUSTICE WILL NOT PERMIT HIM TO LIVE. BUT PAUL SHOOK OFF THE SNAKE INTO THE FIRE AND WAS UNHARMED. THE PEOPLE WAITED FOR HIM TO SWELL UP OR SUDDENLY DROP DEAD. BUT WHEN THEY HAD WAITED A LONG TIME AND SAW THAT HE WASN'T HARMED, THEY CHANGED THEIR MINDS AND DECIDED HE WAS A GOD. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. It was three months after the shipwreck that we set sail on another ship that had wintered at the island, an Alexandrian ship with the twin gods as its figurehead. Our first stop was Syracuse, where we stayed three days. From there we sailed across to Regium. A day later a south wind began blowing, so the following day we sailed up the coast to Puteoli. There we found some believers who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters in Rome had heard we were coming, and they came to meet us at the Forum on the Appian Way. Others joined us at the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he was encouraged and thanked God. When we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging, though he was guarded by a soldier. Three days after Paul's arrival, he called together the local Jewish leaders. He said to them, Brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Roman government, even though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors. The Romans tried me and wanted to release me, because they found no cause for the death sentence. But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision, I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. I asked you to come here today so we could get acquainted, and so I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain, because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. They replied, We have had no letters from Judea or reports against you from anyone who has come here, but we want to hear what you believe, for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. So a time was set, and on that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the Kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Yeshua from the Scriptures. Using the Torah of Moses and the books of the Prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. Some were persuaded by the things he said, but others did not believe. And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul, The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, Go and say to this people, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has also been offered to the Gentiles, and they will accept it. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Yeshua. And no one tried to stop him. Psalm 9 one to twelve. I will praise you, Yahweh, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. For you have judged in my favor, from your throne you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have erased their names forever. The enemy is finished in endless ruins. The cities you uprooted are now forgotten. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from his throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. THE LORD IS A SHELTER FOR THE OPPRESSED, A REFUGE IN TIMES OF TROUBLE. THOSE WHO KNOW YOUR NAME TRUST IN YOU, FOR YOU, O LORD, DO NOT ABANDON THOSE WHO SEARCH FOR YOU. SING PRAISES TO THE LORD WHO REIGNS IN JERUSALEM. TELL THE WORLD ABOUT HIS UNFORGETTABLE DEEDS, FOR HE WHO AVENGES MURDER CARES FOR THE HELPLESS. HE DOES NOT IGNORE THE CRIES, of those who suffer. Proverbs 19one 1-3 Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I want to speak to you today from Numbers chapter 22, our Torah portion reading. And in this whole chapter, what we're seeing is that Balaam, who is a prophet, has been summoned by King Balak to come and curse the people of Israel. And initially, Balaam inquires of the Lord, and the Lord says, No, do not do this. But then King Balak Is persistent, and he sends more men and invites him once again. Please come and do this, and I'll pay you handsomely. I will pay you very, very well, but I need you to do this for me. So Balaam proceeds to go. Now, what's interesting is what does the name Balaam mean in Hebrew? Well, Balaam in Hebrew means not of the people. So that reveals a lot about this man. And then when we look at Balak, the king, King Balak, who is summoning him to curse the people of Israel, the word Balak in Hebrew means devastator. So Balaam is being tempted to speak words of cursing over the people of Israel. Now this is very much Against the father's heart and against his will, he does not want him to do this. So, what we see here going on is Balaam disobeys and he goes, even though God told him not to. And then, a a donkey that he's riding uh, is startled and jumps off the road and scrapes his leg against the stone wall. And because he sees this animal, sees the angel of the Lord with a sword drawn. And he does this three times. And then finally, Balaam is beating the poor donkey, beating him. And God opens up the donkey's mouth and says, Hey, have I ever done this to you ever before in all the years that you've been riding on me? And he says, No. Well, th- there's a reason why this has happened. And then God opens up Balaam's eyes to see the angel of the Lord with the sword so then he bows down before the angel and the angel tells him you can proceed but say only what God tells you to say I believe what we see unfolding here is this is the permissive will of God Uh, the highest will of God was that Balaam not go at all that was God's will But Balaam is being rebellious. He's being uh, tempted for the money. He's a prophet for hire. And so now he's saying, Okay, I'm not going to violate your free will. You're choosing to do this, but don't say anything except what I tell you to say. And what we're going to find as we continue on in the next chapter is that instead of him cursing Israel, he blesses. Israel. He speaks blessings, prophetic words and blessings over Israel. So God can take a person who is going against his will and he will take their decision and their way and he'll still turn it around for good and will accomplish his purpose. We will continue the story tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Shalom <speaking in Hebrew> Vilaka V'kunneka Yisa Adonai Na'af Ileka V'yase Leka Leka Shama